Hi, and in this episode of 177 Nations of Tasmania, I'm in Launceston in northern Tasmania, and I'm talking to Jay Wong from South Korea. Now, South Korea is, of course, a crowded, densely populated country in northern Asia with a vastly different culture and mentality to what we have in Australia. Now, Jay Wong originally um, came as a student to Melbourne and ended up meeting her future husband, which changed the course of her life. So we're going to find out a little bit more about that story and about what it's been like settling down in Launceston, uh, where she now has a small business selling Korean pancakes at local markets. What brought you to Tasmania in the first place? I got married to an Australian guy mm-hmm. and uh, we were in Korea, had two kids and um, so we thought it's time to come back to Australia. So he was looking for a job and he got the job at the uh, University of Tasmania in Launceston. So um, when he said um, he got a job in Launceston and I was like, where is it? You know, I had no idea where Launceston was. And I heard about Tasmania, but not so much about Launceston at all. So, um, yeah, that's why we moved to Launceston. So did he have any connection with Launceston? No, not at all. So it was just a job? Yes, just yeah. a job. So no families, no friends, nobody. So how did you meet in the first place? My husband? Yeah. Uh, well, I went to um, the Melbourne University Private Language Centre. And he was working at the university and I met him at the, at the university library. And I thought, oh my goodness, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> and I chased him ever since. <laughs> I'm still chasing him, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> when you say chasing, what do you mean literally chasing him or just um, taking an interest? Both. yes yeah so um i i thought "Mm, he's nice guy you know he so um i went to visit his office pretty much every day after my class okay Mm, and um yeah (laughs) and what was what was he doing was he working at the university he was a a international marketing manager oh okay um uh, Melbourne University. So you'd come to just to study in australia that was your yeah studying english mainly and uh, my plan was get the IELTS score and then I could apply for um, exchange student in Australia. Okay. So um, that was my initial plan, but it didn't work out at the end anyway. The university in Australia and my university in Korea, they decided to have a break mm-hmm. with the year that I was going to apply for the exchange student. So um, okay. I wasn't meant to come back. But anyway, I did. Yeah. Mm, with a working holiday visa to see my man, <laughs> pretty much. And then, and then the funny thing was, um, when I was coming back, he said, oh, he got a job now in Oman, in the Middle East. So uh, I said, okay, I'm coming too. So uh, <laughs> right. we went to um, uh, Muscat in mm-hmm. Oman together. And um, I, luckily, I got a job as a flight attendant. So I was based in Bahrain for about a year. And uh, so we had a lot of adventures together and I got to see the world with my job and it was really good. What had prompted you to um, come to Australia in the first place? The first thing was, you know, I wanted to improve my English and my agency in Korea, they said, Australia is the, the last paradise left in the earth. So, and then I, for the first time, I mean, I didn't really like it, mm-hmm. to be honest. 
because I couldn't really communicate and、um, I missed my family and it was my first trip away from my fr- family and friends.、Yeah. I was only 21. So、um, I thought it, it, the agency was such a big liar. <laughs> That's what I thought, you、yeah. know. But anyway,、um, I was there for about 10 months and I started you know, liking it. What are some of the bigger cultural differences that you've noticed between Korea and here? Maybe the school, you know, because、um, I know I grew up in Korea, educated in Korea, but seeing my kids being taught in, you know, Australian school, it's a massive difference,、yeah. you know. And I'm so happy that they are here, <laughs> not in Korea, I have to say. Because I was going to ask you about the Korean. A bit about the Korean school system because、mm. I heard quite a lot about it. Maybe you could just tell us a bit about what was your experience of school in Korea? I felt like、um, they were trying to put everyone in the same box. So they gave everybody the same thing, and you got to just memorize it and not much coming out from our、uh, brain or, you know, no creativities and one way. Mm-hmm. Education, whereas here is more interacting and encouraging kids to, you know, be in, involved in,、um, you know, learning and you know things like that. So I think it's a massive difference. And, and from what I understand, the school hours in Korea are quite、it's、long as well. Yeah. yeah. So we, go, we get to school about seven thirty and finishes at ten o'clock.、Mm. When、uh, we were in high school,、mm. not in primary school. But in the primary school, you know, let's say you finish school at one or two, but you've got like a private lessons waiting for you. Yeah. And actual, actually, you get home like seven for dinner. And, and I believe that、uh, from talking to Koreans I've met, that even after 10 o'clock, there's sometimes students go to the cram school or the library. Library, yeah. yeah so, you know. So sometimes it ends at midnight. Midnight or one, two. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I thought it's crazy. Of course, you do things in between. You know, you're not constantly studying. There's、yeah. no way that you can do that, right? But, you know, that's the culture of the education when you were in high school in Korea. So、mm. you, you, you wouldn't want that for your own kids? No way. No way. You know, I was amazed that, you know, here, everybody from kindergarten till、um, grade 12, they start at nine and finish at three. It starts at nine and finishes at three all year round. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kindergarten kids, I thought. <laughs> Same hours as <laughs>、um, you know, grade 12 kids. And so, do you see the difference in, in your kids from being, going through this education, the education system here compared to your own experience? I think they're、uh, happier. Mm-hmm. Mm, very happier and、um, and as a, as a parent, we are you know my husband and I are trying to spend as much as time we could with the kids.、Mm-hmm. Whereas you know my parents were busy working and you know making sure we've got enough money to eat. I grew up in Seoul,、mm-hmm. capital of Korea, and、um, I remember. There was a lot of cars around when I am in the playground. A lot of cars, a lot of people walking past, and a lot of kids, and pollution. And I can still smell the air.、Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, of cars, and I quite like it though. <laughs> oh, so when I when I go to the petrol station or when I can smell the fuel, I it reminds me of my childhood. Really, and I quite like it. Yeah, okay. mm, I know it sounds crazy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have um, one sister and one brother. So and my mom and dad, so five of us. And when we were growing up, we were living in a. I don't know how to say in size wise, maybe uh, as big as this area, five of us, like one kitchen. Okay. What would so you say? Pretty small. Pretty small, <laughs> compact. Yep. Um, and I, the first time I slept on the bed was when I turned 13. Yeah. Before I was sleeping on the floor with uh, this. Oh, like Dick, a like, like a kind a of futon. Futon, yes. Yeah, mm. yeah. And in in Korea, is it like some other Asian countries where the extended family is also important and part of your life? Yes. So um, my my father is from um, big family. So my grandma and grandpa had ten kids, mm-hmm. but four died. So six of them left. Um, but so when there was a, the two big holidays in Korea, one is uh, Lunar New Year mm-hmm. and the Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving festival, I call okay. in, in autumn. And so every, every time, uh, we always drove to, uh, my grandma, grandpa's house and every, uh, everyone was there, you know, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of cousins and we had a really good time together. Lots of food and you yeah. know, yeah, lots of games and yeah. So you brought you were brought up in a really kind of busy sort of city, yes, city mm. environment, yes. And um, so, did you enjoy school in the city? I have a good memory when I was in primary school, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, a lot of playing and because uh, in Korea, you know, everybody lives in the apartment. So um, we've got a lot of friends from, you know, from level one till level five. So okay. after school, everybody come out and uh, we hang out at the playground and we play until, you know, our mom's call out for dinner's ready, you mm-hmm. know, so I uh, have a good memories. In the apartment blocks, you know, there are always one or two playgrounds mm-hmm. with kids and we rode a lot of bicycles and scooters and chases and but it's amazing because there's no rules. There's a lot of cars and a lot of kids around, running around, but no one got hurt, you know? So when I think that we are overprotective for our own kids, you know? We're fine when we're growing up with cars everywhere and all that, but here, you know? So that's why I, because I grew up in a, you know, busy and, you know, in early, late 80s and early 90s, you know, careers, a lot of factories and, a lot of constructions going on. So when I hear like a, a lawnmower on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, the first thing I can think of is the construction site okay. for me. So I asked the same question to my husband and he, it, for him it's like a lawnmower. Mm, but for me it's a construction site, someone is building something. <laughs> uh, so what about, you said you had good memories of primary school, but what, what about high school? Ah, oh, just too much study. Mm-hmm. Yes, too much um, pressure. Uh, exams every day. 
private uh, tutoring after school and yeah and did you have any sort of plan or uh, idea what you wanted to do in the future when you were at school not really you know so when we you were in high school in korea the only thing the parents and teacher care about is going to university it's not why you want to study it's what university you're gonna go which is really sad but when i was in a primary school i want wanted to be a artist okay painter and uh, i think i have become one Oh, really? So all the paintings you see in my house is all okay. done by me, and I've got a little studio downstairs all that right. I paint. Mm. So you're you're kind of living your living your your dream, your childhood dream. Kind of, yeah, half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know, yeah, because it, it gives you something more to aim for, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm loving it. Mm, yeah. I love painting. Yeah, so. and were you doing that already in Korea, or is that no. something? No, um, I started a little bit when my first son was born, but uh, I've got space here now because uh, when we were in Korea, we were living in a small apartment, mm. so I didn't really have a space to have a big canvas and paint everywhere. But uh, now I have my own space, so um, I can be creative. Yeah, mm. Great, so mm. that's a possibility that sort of come from moving. I yes, guess. yes, yeah. that's it. In Korea, isn't there, there's quite a, a more a sense of hierarchy that you, and in the way you speak to people, you have to show respect to people who are more mm. senior. Yes. Senior in your... Um, so the Korean language, you know, so there is a, two ways. One is speak to your friends mm-hmm. and the other one is to speak to someone who is older and so different ending and different words okay. so i think yeah. it's, it's a bit tricky to learn in that regard but in korean language it's really easy to learn how to read how to read mm-hmm. mm, but when once you can read but you gotta learn how to speak to different ways yeah mm, in polite and not so in, not so polite <laughs> way <laughs> mm. Yeah, because in in most in a lot of languages that exists. Yes. Um, in European languages, most you have the polite way to say you, and the more mm. the for, uh, informal. Yes. But of course, in English, we don't have. That. I know, so good. Not anymore, anyway. Yes. Maybe hundreds of years ago. Oh. Um, I like the way it is now. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you know, it's free. You know, we are equal, and you know. We we are equal, but we respect. You know, yep. you don't have to use different language to show that you respect me or I respect you. You know, I think that's that's good. Yeah. So um, in Korea, is it just it's just a, a given expectation if the person is whatever you think of them, if they're senior to you, you have to use certain terms. Mm, yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And even if I. You know, met you today for the first time. I will use the polite language, mm-hmm. but uh, if I see you a few times, we kind of make agreement. Now I'm going to informal okay. to you. <laughs> Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Generally, in do you think that in general social social relationships in Korea, people are more 
more formal than here? I think so, in some ways. But uh, here, I think um, you know, people are more uh, open to talk to each other because mm-hmm. um, it's more equal in terms of um, yeah. I think people are more open to talk to anybody. Yeah. Yes. Whereas you know, in Korea, because there's a, a little bit of a wall between them mm-hmm. before you start the conversation, and the wall slowly, you know, disappears. But here, yeah. there's no wall. To begin with. And so when you came to Launceston uh, years later, uh, what were your first impressions of Launceston? I didn't really have any idea about Launceston, but I said to my husband, we can give it a try, and if we really don't like it, we can always move. And um, we, we had, um, you know, one and four-year-old boys with us so um it was it was like a big challenge or big move for Mm, us as a family but anyway when i came i really liked it and six months in i said okay let's buy a house and this is our home we've been happy ever since what did you like about it that made you want to settle down um so my eldest son started kinder here in Launceston and the the people who we met through school and generally people you see at supermarkets or on the street you know they're so nice and you know laid back and the scenery and the landscape of um, Tasmania is just was amazing and you don't have to drive too far to see different things you know not like you know in Melbourne or in mainland you got to drive three hours to see So where, where were you before before you came to Launceston? We were in Korea. Korea, okay. So when we were in the Middle East, so I worked there for about a year and I wanted to become a young mom. So I said, let's have a baby. So we, we went to Korea. We got married there. So we had a baby in Korea. And my mom was just around the corner. It was really handy to have mm-hmm. a help. So um, I said, if you're going to have another one, let's have it here. So that's why the second one came along. So uh, we ended up staying there for uh, four and a half years. And it was a good um, time for my husband to get to know about Korea and meet my families and friends and the culture of Korea. And it was a good time. And was he able to adjust to the culture easily? He blended in really well. But uh, he, he didn't really like his job, I have to say. He, he taught at the university mm-hmm. and uh, teaching is not really his thing, he said. He struggled a little bit, but he he did a little bit of acting. Um, right. mm, so uh, so he had uh, some new experience that you can't really have in here. Yeah, you know. So um, he took advantage of being a foreigner in Korea. So he has a kind of broad understanding of um, different culture. So the uh, culture-wise, it was no problem at all. But he doesn't know how to speak Korean. So I think that kind of helped too. He yeah. doesn't really know what's happening around him. So he's yeah. always happy. You know? <laughs> and and um, he and my mom has got the best relationship because mm-hmm. they don't talk much. <laughs> 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 well, I, I, I interpret in between them and... I sometimes filter. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah. do you have to be a little diplomatic sometimes? Well, sometimes, but you know, generally, um, there's a love in the air always between them. What have been some of the biggest challenges of sort of settling down in Tasmania? Well, we've been very lucky to be around with good friends, and I have to really say the um, our kids have been a, a amazing bridge for us to have a nice social life, you know. So um, yeah, I really thank them to be our good boys at school, and um, so that we got. Uh, invited to different parties and got invited to different shacks, yeah. you know, in in Tasmania. And um, so uh, I don't really have a lot of um, struggle or challenge living in Tasmania at all. And speaking English, it keeps me. Um, it's interesting that um, speaking English kind of gives me the freedom to express myself because um, it's like a different. It's a new language. For me to say what I want to say, the things that I I wouldn't be able to say in Korean. You know, I sometimes get the look from the people here. For example, if I walk into the shop and if the the you know, shopkeeper didn't doesn't really have uh, any uh, experience with the uh, Asians, when I walk in, they already give me the look that is she gonna speak English or right. am I going to understand her? You know, they kind of. Look, you know? okay, mm. that's interesting. Yes, and that makes me nervous as well. And so my English go really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But then when you talk to them, do you, do you get the same impression? And then the, the more we talk, you know, they I can see they getting more relaxed because th- now they know they can talk to me. So yeah, but um, they always have a you know, cons- well, they presume a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm, which I understand too. So your husband came for a job in Launceston. Yes. Uh, but what what did you do to begin with? Even though we really liked Tasmania in Launceston, but I struggled a little bit because I didn't have anybody. Because mm-hmm. uh, and my, because as I said, my my mom was just around the corner from where we are in Korea, so. It was really easy and for me to work and all that, but um, because I didn't have anybody here. So first six months, I had to adjust my life a little bit, being a full-time mom with two kids without any help. And then um, my friend and I went to the market, Avondale Market, and we saw this Sudanese guy selling Sudanese donuts. And I thought, if that worked then the Korean pancake would work. Yeah. So um, my, my friend and I, we invested the business together. We created a little bit of different recipe for Australians. And so we started the market to sell the Korean pancakes, which was now five years ago. And... Um, I can't stop it now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And did, did you like have much experience cooking Korean pancakes before? Never. Oh, really? Yes. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a very popular street food. Yep. So um, I ate a lot, you know, when, whenever I saw it, you know, just grab one and, you know, walking and eating at the same time. And 
I really like it. I really liked it. But I never, I didn't have to make it because it was everywhere. But we, so we practiced how to make it because it's not easy. Well, it is easy, but you know, you need to practice to be more efficient to make it and you know, all this mm. sort of stuff. And I guess to be consistent Con- as yeah, well. Yeah, consistent, yes. So when you make um, the fillings, you know, you got to put the exact ingredients and you know, that sort of stuff. But uh, uh, I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you where did you start doing it? At Evendale Market. At Evendale, okay. Mm. And what was the uh, the reaction at the beginning? How, how did you was it was it easy to convince people to well, try them? Well, it was um, it was easy. It wasn't easy to um, have a lot of people come to try it because mm. a lot of people I found a lot of. Tasmanians like oh you know they're not willing to try different food but slowly you know we got so we had a little samples for them to try and but once they tried they really liked it you know mm-hmm. so I remember very first market we sold about maybe 20 or 30 pancakes and we were super excited mm-hmm. oh my god this works you know <laughs> yes and then we got into harvest market and then we do different events and and now uh, become really popular now. So you're finding that people are now becoming more familiar with Korean cuisine? Yes. And they want more. Every time they come to my store, they said they want to try different menu. So they asked me if I'm going to open in a restaurant or something. But I said no. <laughs> <laughs> so just sticking to the markets Yes, now. yes. I'm specialized in pancakes. I think getting started is the, the, the most difficult part mm-hmm. in anything, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, but we got a lot of support from husbands and, um, you know, we are willing to make it work. And um, we've been, for example, we've been at the Harvest Market every Saturday for the last uh, five years. So we've been very consistent to be there. So I think that's how we um, grew up. Mm-hmm. Mm. They were nice um, customer base, and people know we'll be there, so they come and they enjoy our pancakes, and so they come back, bring friends, and yeah. you know things like that. So when you come to a new place, finding friends, making social connections can be really difficult, especially a smallish place like Launceston. Mm. What other things have you have, have helped you get to know people? I'll say I'm a very outgoing person. Mm-hmm. So um, if there is anything on, I like to be there. Okay. And meet, meet new people and um, I'm interested in what they are doing and, um, and I'm not shy to approach them and um, hang out with them, you know. So um, yeah, I think that helps me to build a good social network. Sometimes I know new migrants, they don't, they don't know what to talk about with locals mm. for example was there do you think there's any anything that um, any advice you could give that might help well you need to prepare a little bit too you know if mm-hmm. you're not a natural talker then you might want to think before you go before you leave the house you know if i see someone today i might ask this question and you will start the conversation don't be shy you know? <laughs> and you find that com- uh, conversation here is uh, different to Korea or similar? Very different, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't really, I mean, 
um, it's, it's a cultural thing, yeah. you know, people in Korea, you know, we, that's, I think that's why I like speaking English. That gives me a power to express feelings mm-hmm. because um, in Korea in culture, with Korean, we don't really know how to um, talk about what you're really going through. Okay. Mm. But with English, I found I can talk more things with uh, freedom. And I think the people who listen to me speaking English and they also speak English and they grew up in that environment, they are ready to listen to. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps me to, I feel more comfortable okay. to, you know, talk about my feelings. So do you mean that in, in speaking Korean, oh. in Korean society, yes. you, you don't, uh, it's harder to express your emotions? Yes. I found, you know, English is my, my new tool, mm-hmm. my new weapon. And so when I speak to my kids, you know, if I want to give them some advice or what I really think, I speak to them in English mm-hmm. and they look at me like, why are you speaking English? Because I generally... You know, speak to them in Korean. So um, they they say when mommy speaks English, she becomes wise. <laughs> okay. Mm. So I think they can tell the difference as well. 